This is a Together Church podcast, a place to explore meaning, friendship, and faith in Jesus. We'd love you to connect with our community. Find out more at togetherchurch.com.au. And look, I've been, um, we've been talking about thankfulness as a community, and I feel like Christmas is such a good time to continue talking about gratitude and thankfulness because God came to earth uh, as a baby, but he, he came to earth to be close to us and to be near to us uh, and to know that God was amongst us. In other words, he reached down from heaven and he came near. And really Christmas is about the fact that God came close to us, which is actually really, really amazing. Uh, so look, when, when God comes near to us, um, there's a whole lot of joy and sometimes a whole lot of confusion, actually. It can be quite confusing when God comes near. But I've been thinking about the Christmas story and that there have been many times in my life when God has come near to me, uh, just like God came to earth to be with us. And I thought I'd share one story about my life and then talk about what it means when God comes close. Does that sound okay? So um, I thought I'd share a story from 20 years ago uh, when God came near to me and changed my life. I know this is a picture from a long time ago. Uh, so this is me in uh, a place called Hindustoda. Uh, I probably said that completely wrong, but it's in Austria. And uh, there's the Austrian Alps. And basically I was backpacking through Europe in my early 20s. And, um, and so surrounded by snow-capped mountains, I was pretty broke. Uh, I don't know how I ended up getting into the country, but I had to earn money. And so a friend of a friend introduced me to their mum, and I ended up in this little place uh, doing farm work to try to earn money, and I got free board. And uh, so this is the lady I worked for, a lady called Helga, and her hunting dog, uh, Erino. And um, she's a lovely Catholic woman who loves Jesus and uh, I did fire, you know, did wood stacking and cleaned the hay out and did some gardening. But after I'd finished my jobs, uh, I decided I was going to continue my journey. I had a bit of cash now and I was going to head to a place called Florence in Italy. Uh, and uh, so it's a long, it's a, it's a bit of a journey from, from uh, where I was in Austria. But on the morning that I was about to leave Austria and go to Italy, uh, Helga actually had a dream and she believed that the dream was from God. And so she came up to me and she said, I've had a dream and I believe it's from God and I believe it's for you. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So she told me her dream. And her dream was that uh, she saw me and I was in a little village, but it wasn't in Italy. There's no pizza. Uh, I was in France in a place called Taizé. And, uh, and I was trying to get into a monastery but um, there was this massive kind of barbed wire fence all around the monastery and I was trying to get in and I couldn't get in. And then all of a sudden, uh, outside of nowhere, kind of from the ocean, came this massive tsunami, this kind of huge wave. And this tidal wave was going to kind of crush me between the fence and I'm trying to get in. I couldn't get into this place called Taizé. And just as it hit me, I, was, I started screaming, but in Helga's dream, the wave lifted me up and put me into this little place called Taizé. And, uh, and Helga said to me, I believe that God wants you to go to Taizé and discover where he's leading you. And I just thought, well, that's a really nice dream. And I was very polite. And I said, thank you for sharing your dream. I'm going to Italy. <laughs> so I got onto a train, well, I got onto a bus to go to Vienna. And Vienna is where 
uh, I was going to catch a train to Italy. So I was in the train station and, and I was lining up and there were three or four people. And when I was lining up to get my ticket, um, I just had this conviction by the Spirit of God, like the Holy Spirit in me. And I, I just knew that God was saying to me that actually Helga's dream was from God and that I had a choice to follow God or to go my own way. And so I was so like, oh, I had all my travel plans and everything booked, but um, I got to the counter and um, I don't like changing my plans, but um, I just felt God say, I think I want you to go to Taizé. So I said to the man, uh, I kind of want a ticket to Florence, but do you have any trains that go to a place called Taizé in France? I didn't even know where it was. And so he typed in his computer and he looked it up and he said, yes, actually, we have two trains that leave every week to Taizé and one is leaving in five minutes from platform eight. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so anyway, five minutes later, I found myself on a train traveling to France to a place I had no idea about. I didn't know what I was going to do where I went there and, what I, and, and I didn't even know where it was. Um, to this day, I don't know whether I went through Germany to get to France or whether I went through Switzerland. And I remember um, being on the train and because this is before the internet, you know, I had no Wi-Fi internet, there's no cloud stuff, no, no, no mobile phones that had internet and, and I, ne I didn't even have a map and so um, it's, it's nearly on. So I remember the, um, the police came, the French police, and they were asking for passports and I started to sweat and my heart's going, because oh, I'm like, I don't even know if I need a visa to get to France. <laughs> <laughs> but they let me through, so um, I was lucky. So anyway, so the first thing is, um, but God looked after me, and because uh, and God was near. And so I, I actually ended up in Taizé, this little kind of Catholic convent monastery thing in France, and thousands of people come from all around the world every year to, um, to, to sing songs and to experience this transient, amazing spiritual community in the middle of France. And so I turned up, and as it happened, I turned up during the week when everyone turns up, thank God, and um, they just registered me, and I was put into a work team, and, um, and I went along. And look, I was put into this, um, this fantastic little group of people. Uh, I still keep in touch via email with one or two of them. And, um, and as much as it was a strange experience, I had the most amazing God experiences there. This group, we were all given jobs and we had to clean and cook for hundreds of people because we had 500 people turn up that week from like Africa and Asia and Europe. And I was the only Australian out of everyone, which was cool. Um, but um, our main job was to carry these silence signs around and we had to keep people quiet during worship, which I thought was awesome. So we should adopt one of these in Together Church. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine me, I was the noisiest out of the lot. But um, I had power because I had the silence signs. But anyway, so, but God did some amazing things then. Um, not only did he, like, he refresh me and he gave me hope and gave me an experience that was quite different, but um, on the last day... As I was leaving Taizé to, to, to go to Italy, I did get there in the end, a lady comes up to me, a German lady comes up to me and she said, um, I know that you're leaving and we haven't met yet, but I saw you when you came in uh, on the first day and you looked tired and you looked worried and um, you had your backpack on and, um, and I just felt I should pray for you. So I've been praying for you all week and, uh, and I believe I have a message from God for you. And she said, um, I'm wondering if you are thinking of whether you should go and do Bible study and become a priest. And, uh, and God says that you should. And now is the time. 
And the amazing thing was all through my Europe trip, really I went there to try to actually pray and ask God if I should move from physio and go to Bible study. And he answered this question that I'd been asking from a German lady who I'd never met. And so it was this amazing experience. I, I remember just being so, so confused but also touched by God because he was near. You know, it is amazing when you realize that God knows you and he loves you and he is caring for you and guiding you. Uh, that he is not just out there in the universe, but God is right here in human form, risen and amongst us day by day. Um, and I just walked away like, wow, a German lady, an Austrian lady had a dream to take me to a place I'd never met. And then a German lady had a prayer for me that answered the question that God had, I'd been asking God for months and months and months and not getting an answer for. That's pretty cool. Yeah? So... Um, so that was one story, but I suppose what I wanted to say is that when, when God comes near, there's this amazing, it's scary and it's confusing and it's wonderful and it's amazing, but it's joyful. And really, this is what Christmas is about. Christmas is the celebration that God came close and that he is close and he's with us. Now, some of us struggle with Christmas and some of us don't feel that God's close at all. You know, you may not even know God or you may not pray or know a sense of God's closeness in your life, but I can guarantee that he is close and he is near. And, and God follows us. There's a beautiful story seeing Chloe be baptized that Chloe said, I can see that God was near even in the hard times um, before I actually knew he was near. And that's the beautiful thing about God. And Christmas is the promise that even if we don't feel like God is close, and even if we feel like things are hard, he loves us and he has a plan for us and a purpose, which is pretty cool. And it's worth celebrating. So I want to, um, I want to read a scripture. I won't uh, go into this very deeply because um, it'll be a short talk, but I want to give a scripture about God coming near. And it's the story about how the angel Gabriel came to Mary, who's the mother of Jesus, and she, um, she was transformed and she sang a song. Actually, the song is called the Magnificat in Latin. Uh, and one of the songs we sang in Taizé, I think I've got a picture. One of the songs we sang in Taizé was called the Magnificat. And I had no idea what these songs meant because they're all in languages I couldn't speak. But you'd sit with that hundreds of people and sing songs from different languages. And um, uh, the song goes, oh, I'll try to sing it. It goes, Magnificat, Magnificat. Magnificat anima mea dominum, which basically means that God is magnificent and how wonderful that God is close to me. And, th and this is the song of Mary, which is just beautiful. So let's read this song. Um, well, let's read this scripture. Uh, and, and we know where it fits in the story because we heard the children share it, uh, the nativity already. So um, the angel Gabriel has come and Mary knows that she will have um, to give, she will give birth to the baby Jesus. And she says this, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things. Holy is his name. You know, and this is an amazing story because Mary is... Does anyone have a guess of how old we think Mary was? Yeah, Mims? No, Naomi. 
14, she could have been 14 at the time, probably 15, maybe 16, but she was young. Um, and you've got this young girl from the backwater town of Galilee, uh, had, you know, she was nothing particularly ordinary, there was nothing particularly amazing about her, but God looked at her heart, and there's something about her that, that just God comes near to her and surprises her when she least expects it, which is pretty amazing. And, um, and her life is changed forever, but she's terrified. The, the scriptures say that um, she was thoroughly shaken. Uh, when the angel came to her. You know, this huge angel of God and says, you're going to have a baby, um, but you're not yet married and, and it was going to change her life. And, and yet, um, there's something about uh, Mary's heart and her spirit that, that welcomes God and then ends up praising him. And the scriptures say that she rushes to her relative's house, uh, Elizabeth, who is also miraculously pregnant in her old age. And um, when she enters the house, the baby in Elizabeth's womb um, kind of kicks around. Now, it ends up being uh, a man called John, and both women are filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a huge amount of praise. So this is one of the, um, the other versions which I like. God, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. God took one look at me, and look at what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose name is holy set apart for others. So I just think it's a beautiful moment, this, I, this story where um, Mary is touched by God and Elizabeth is touched by God and there's this beautiful moment where God comes near to both women and as scary and as confusing and as transforming as it is, um, their lives are changed and, and the whole world is changed. And, and it's a beautiful story of encounter. Um, you know, I think Mary must have felt way more excited than I did, but you know, God, God was leading her and... God was close to her and God had a plan for her and God had a purpose for her life. Um, and that's what Christmas is about. It's a celebration that the God of the universe comes right close, uh, even in a baby form, even amongst our just ordinary, everyday life. And, and he walks with us. The God of the universe is near. Um, so at Christmas, uh, at Christmas, um, I suppose my message and my encouragement is that God is near. We may not feel it, um, but if we open our heart, and if we open our hands, uh, and if we remember what God has done, not just in the past, but we remember what God does in our future. He, he does it again and again and again because Jesus rose from the dead, uh, and God is still near. And so um, if you feel far from God, then open your hearts and your soul to Jesus and say, Jesus... I would love to meet with you closer and I would love you to be near. Uh, and if you already walk with Jesus and you know his presence and his love and his hope, um, then my prayer is that you may um, walk with him closer and, and be thankful in your walk with him and experience some of the amazing things that can happen as we apprentice our life with Jesus. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have communion in just a moment. And it's our final communion for the year amazing actually someone said it's the final communion for the decade so that puts some gravity to it <laughs> Look, when we have communion we remember a little bit uh, we remember the end of the story which actually reminds us of the beginning that not only is God near but he loves us and um, Jesus came in human form uh, so that he could be close to us and he knows everything about us because he is human uh, he was human and he lived a perfect life and he died an unjust death um, on the cross, 
And the scriptures tell us that he was buried for three days and he died. And everyone was sad and Mary, his mother, wept and wept and wept. Uh, but three days later he rose from the dead and there are great historical records of people who saw him and ate fish with him and talked with him and, and celebrated with him. I dare say that Mary also met with Jesus after he came alive again and, and him coming alive again was a sign and a symbol that God is no longer far from us, that God has risen from the dead and he will always be near. I loved an analogy. I once heard someone say that God can only be this far because that's as far as we can put our arms. Um, and actually, the Christian walk is simply about surrendering and letting him come near. Uh, so my prayer is that, um, that as we share communion, we might remember God's closeness and experience his peace in our life this Christmas. Magnificat.